You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I'm joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to everyone listening. Can you believe that this is our last episode of season three? Wow. Crazy, crazy. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. We have discussed topics such as entrepreneurship, preparing for a baby, and engagement rings. In this episode, we're going to take a turn back on the clock and answer listener questions that we've received from some of our episodes. That sounds like fun. I think I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. One thing we talked about this season was how your upbringing can influence the financial decisions that you make as an adult. We had a question come up from Andy. She asked, I can never seem to make my budget balance. I grew up with very frugal parents and now I feel like I deserve certain things. Help. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, So this unfortunately is a very common thing. So as we discussed way back in our first episode this season, some of us grew up with parents who seemed always said no to whatever we wanted. If this sounds familiar, you may now overspend to compensate. Binge spending often happens in response to feeling deprived. We have all heard about or know of someone who grew up in a very strict household, and once they left the nest, went a little overboard. Yes, yes. Um, you know That first year of college, for some, they just had at it. So if this is you, have a talk with your parents about their choices. There may be a lot more to it than you realize. In addition, stop the cycle now and understand that financial security is the best revenge for feeling deprived as a youngster. Absolutely, Andy. And I'd also encourage you, if you haven't, go back to season one and check out the episode on behavioral finance because that'll also help you understand your personal relationship with money too. And you can learn about Shlomo Bonartzi. Yes, exactly. That's right. In another episode, we discussed knowing your why. This question came from Javen. He asked, I have a job that I enjoy, but it doesn't fuel me. How do I discover my why? That is an awesome question. And unfortunately, I think I've read a study, something like 70% of people aren't happy, aren't excited with the work they do. So very timely as well. Yes, most of us have had jobs in which we feel little or no passion. And while it's important to make money to pay for our bills and obligations, doing something day after day feeling little or no purpose is definitely not the way to become wealthy. Yeah. Um, And and to help discover your why, you can ask yourself some certain questions. One is, what makes you come alive? And, you know, that's one of those things. It's like, Kind of think, you know, what what would you do for free, basically? And, you know, for me, I've always dreamed of not necessarily hosting a podcast. And, I mean, I'm glad it's part of what my, my ultimate why was, was helping people do better financially. And I wanted to do this way back in 2005 is when I started my first book. And then it got published in 07. And I do remember I, I have a folder that I kind of keep some of, um, you know, I was old fashioned and wrote stuff down of people I contacted and things like that. And I wrote myself a vision note and I said, I want to help 100,000 people handle their money better by this time next year. And I think I did it like in 2007. So haven't helped 100,000 yet, but I did have that vision way back. But I didn't start with Mentoro 
until November of 2020 full time. Mm -hmm. So there was a long time between 2007 and 2020, but I did things on the side. And I think that's where if you're maybe stuck in the middle right now, that messy middle where it's like, okay, I have this, I want to do it. You know, we've heard about musicians playing at night, right? Maybe during the day you're, you're an accountant or whatever it may be, and it just doesn't fulfill you. But at night you kind of go and do that thing that you love. So that's kind of what, you know, we all have, or most of us have obligations. We have to pay bills. We have things that we are responsible for. So if your day job doesn't cover that, then maybe you can work on that passion project after hours. So you're still paying your bills, but you're still kind of fueling that fire. That's a really good example. And it leads me to another question that you can ask yourself, which is what are your innate strengths? So um, part of you know what we tend to be passionate about oftentimes is an area where we have a strength. And so play into those strengths. And it doesn't have to be um, you know, so simple as, um, you know, you're good at drawing and therefore you become an artist, right? Not everybody is that fortunate to be able to build a career off of, off of, uh, a hobby or something that they happen to be talented, uh, with. But if you think about it in terms of maybe you have a strength being a people person. So if that's the case and you, um, feel alive when you're around other people and other people fuel your happiness or fuel your energy, try to find a job that you're dealing with the public. Try to find a job where you're in front of other people and, and working with them. Those are really tough jobs and it requires a special type of person to be able to do that. So think of your strengths in terms of, um, you know, some of the other things like right. that. It, it, it is one of those things that like, and I know I, I joke with you, oh, the class president, but obviously in high school, being a class president, even at that time, you were good at organizing things. You were good at running departments. You were good at overseeing Hierarchy. I mean, that is that obviously was a natural strength of yours. So that did parlay into being a president. Now, it wasn't a straight path. You did no. things in between. Yeah. Man, with me, I was a school teacher. I'm good at teaching. That's part of my... Now, I'm not teaching students. I'm teaching other, you know, people, adults, and different subjects. So mm -hmm. it may be one of those things, your strength, it may not be like a direct correlation of what you think. Yes. Yeah. But you can use some of those strengths in, in the job that you have. And then, you know, to kind of help you find that, that why and that passion, the third question you can ask yourself is, where do you add the greatest value? Yeah, I like that one too, because um, again, when we think about things that we're passionate about, you know, are are they, those passions making a difference? Right. Because I think that's a, a big thing when we think about something fueling what we do and, and sure. keeping us coming back day after day and staying motivated. So also think about where your contributions uh, to society lie. And then a, a final one would be, how will you measure your life? <laughs> Yikes. We did a whole episode on uh, having regrets this season. Um, but it is one of those things that, you know, we, we all have a limited time here on earth. And it, it's, it is a serious question you want to ask yourself. But when you go and listen to, to Bonnie Ware was the, the nurse that, interview people when they are on their dying beds and you know we're all going to die i hate to bring it to you we don't know when um, but, but we are so we want our lives most of us do to to stand for something other than just yeah we made money i mean some more not saying that but it, it, there's a lot more to life than just that so yeah deep question but just think about okay how how you know how are you going to define what success means to you and it's different for everyone for some people it may be that status symbol of of wearing a suit and tie and driving a bmw have at it, you know, for others, it may be wearing flip-flops and being a park ranger. I mean, but that is an individual question that you have to ask yourself. 100%. Okay, guys, that might be a little intense. <laughs> so I think it's time for a little break. 
When we come back, more questions from you, the listener. Connect with us on social media. Search at Mentoro Group on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Welcome back to the season three finale of Run With The Bulls. In this episode, we've been answering listener questions. This next question comes from Maddie. She asks, how do health and wealth tie together? Oh, one of my favorite questions. (laughs) Yes, me too. I love this question. So on the surface, it's pretty obvious that being healthy will help you build wealth. Right. If you're healthy, you will call in sick less, have more physical energy, which can lead to raises at work. This can enable you to have more money to spend on healthier foods and gym memberships, which can lead to even more income. (laughs) Right. right? So, I mean, it is kind of like a circle. However, I think the most important link between health and wealth is consistency. So to be healthy and wealthy, you need to continue making positive choices on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Um, We we say this phrase uh, all the time. It's about balance and moderation. And so if you think about managing your finances kind of like a fad diet, you got to compare this to your lifestyle and what works for you. Um, For some, if you go, you know, beans and rice and you deprive yourself of all the things that you love, once you come off that diet, you're going to probably go crazy, right? So keep that in mind as you correlate that to your finances and um, how you look at wealth. It's really all about your lifestyle and your goals and how right. you want to achieve them. And some people are fine with that. I mean, some people can eat yeah. blame for the rest. And you know what? If that's you, then that fits you. But most of us, we're not. And, and hence, that's why, you know, we set these big New Year's resolutions going to the gym and then by Valentine's Day, we're out. We, we don't go anymore. But it's consistency. So I think sometimes we just try to think, oh, we have to be all in. And yes, it's important to be all in mentally. You want to do that. But you're allowed every now and again you know, <laughs> to, to, to not, you know, you don't have to work out seven days a week. So you right. can take a little time off. And, and same with your money. You want to manage it well. But occasionally, you know, if you have the money set aside and you want to go on vacation, it's okay. It's paid for. Mm-hmm. But it's just that consistency. When you come back from vacation, we got to build it back up, right? right? You can't vacation your entire life. So You can't. Oh, I mean, it's kind of like working in the tour is like a vacation your entire life. So for those oh. out there, we may be hiring. So, yeah. Kissy, kissy. Uh, The uh, other thing to keep in mind, Maddie, just real quick, is um, two of the impact statements that we use to summarize what financial wellness really means is first that it's a matter of health, not wealth. Um, So again, reinforcing this. And then the other is that it's a process, not an event. So don't expect to be wealthy overnight. (laughs) You, You really have to put these things in whatever path you choose to take. You really have to put those things in perspective and continue to work at it. In fact, you don't want to be wealthy overnight because if you go way back to season one, we talked about lottery winners and how they yeah. end up worse off. So check it out. So another item we discussed were engagement rings. This question is from A.A. Ron. He asks, <laughs> "My girl, can I? Is that a real name? I decided to know that just to have fun with it. That is a real name, isn't it? Not some people A.A. Ron. I mean, <laughs> I think that's just a keen feel. One of my favorite bits." Yeah. Another item we discussed were engagement rings. This question is from Aaron. He asks, my girlfriend and I are getting serious. I am looking into buying an engagement ring. How much should I spend on this? All right. First off. No, we're not letting you talk. You're the not kidding. Congratulations, Aaron. Uh, This can be kind of a tricky period in life, but there are numerous recommendations uh, given for it. And I will let Whitney talk because she does 
think like me. So she knows that the value isn't really in her ring. Um, exactly. So before going shopping, I want to go back because I love this study as a former teacher that we discussed. So economics professors from Emory University surveyed 3,000 U.S. adults who had been married at some point in their lives and found that participants who spent large sums of money on engagement rings and or their weddings were more likely to end up divorced. Yes. So in fact, men who spent $2,000 to $4,000 on engagement rings were 1.3 times more likely to end up divorced than men who spent $500 to $2,000. So I guess you have your answer, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Bubblegum machine. Yes. We put in the, the quarter and you got that little plastic ring. Yeah. Oh, those were great. Those were, yeah. Well, I, I do have to say, in all seriousness, that's a great um, survey for us to keep in mind. That's really helpful data. But I think what it, what it really tells us is that as long as you have your mindset in the right place when purchasing this ring, um, you'll do the right thing and find the right amount. But very uh, specifically, take a look at your budget. And don't try to go so overboard uh, that you put yourself in a bind because then you're not setting yourself up for a really healthy marriage going forward. You know, there are a lot of expenses that are about to come up in addition to this uh, engagement ring. So take a look at your budget. Take a look at your savings. If you have some time, plan it out and, and start saving now towards that ring before you purchase it. Next question comes from Riley. She asks, I have two teenagers and my mom recently became unable to care for herself. I now have to help her. What are some ways for me to manage my stress? Mm, Riley, first and foremost, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. The good news is that you're not alone. In fact, one study estimates that about one in seven Americans between the ages of 40 and 60 are simultaneously providing some financial assistance to both a child and a parent. Yeah, and I've been in your shoes, Riley. So um, here are some tips to help you manage your stress. First, identify stressors. So what events or situations trigger stressful feelings? Are they related to your children, family health, financial decisions, work, relationships, or maybe even something else? Next, recognize how you personally deal with your stress. Are you using unhealthy behaviors to cope with the stress of supporting your children and parents? And is this specific to certain events or situations? And, and you know, probably, you know, for me, I, maybe not most importantly, but I kind of think it's the most important is make sure you are taking care of yourself. So eat right, get enough sleep, drink water, exercise, um, just you know, make sure you're fueling your body the right way. You're taking on a lot right now, or you're about to be taking on a lot. So you want to make sure that you're able to do so. Yeah. Along that same vein uh, as your physical health, don't neglect your mental health either. Keep in contact with your friends and family members and rely on professionals if you need them to help you through this. Because, you know, these last two points, if, if you're not your best you, it's going to be really hard for you to be the best you for these people who need you. Yeah, 100%. So being a part of the sandwich generation can be extremely difficult. Coming up after the break, more on your questions. Like what you are hearing on Run With The Bulls? Want a little more? Visit MyMentoro.com and use organization code RUNWITHTHEBULLS to set up your free account today. Welcome back. In this final episode of season three of Run With The Bulls, we have been answering your questions. I have another one for you, Danny. Right. This one comes from Elena. She asks, how can I live a life in which I have few regrets? Ooh, 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 yeah, we, we definitely had like a, 
think a Dr. Phil theme for this season. We've had some deep questions. Um, so we discussed this by introducing you all to Bonnie Ware, a nurse who spent years taking care of patients who were at the end of their lives. When questioned about any regrets they had or anything they would do differently, common themes surfaced again and again with her patients. Here were the top five regrets of dying. So the first one was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And, you know, that can be easier said than done. I mean, we hear people, you know, kind of going to the same profession as their parents and maybe it's the family tree, but then they have, you know, no passion at all. It, various types of things. So, you know, you have to be true to yourself. Now, granted, I mean, there are expectations. Of course, you may have to do things at your job that others expect of you. We're not really talking about that. It's more like, you know, these likes, especially nowadays in, in the social media age where all we want is like, so like we're trying to do stuff. Are we doing it to impress others or are we doing it because it's what makes us happy? So we just have to think about that, that, you know, we have to be true to ourselves and we don't always have to do what we think others are going to like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Use, use your own brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, another was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And this is tricky, especially in American society. There's the rat race, there's the grind, you know, it's, it's, there's a joke about millennials who, uh, when they go to work, if they were to get hit by a car on the way to work, they come in, you know, directly from the car accident, apologizing for being late. You know, it's just constantly on our minds to just keep going harder and harder and harder. And, um, that's great. And if you're aspirational, definitely do that. Just don't forget that you have a life outside of work that's worth living and that's worth enjoying with the people that you love. hundred percent. Um, another regret that Bonnie uh, covered was uh, a lot of people said they wish they had the courage to express their feelings. And we're not talking about who you're going to vote for in 2024, right? We, that isn't what she means here. It's a lot of times, you know, we're not true to ourselves. Kind of going back we, we, to, to trying to get likes and stuff, we're sometimes trying to please other people. So we're afraid to think oh, and speak for ourselves. Sometimes we sit on the sidelines instead of getting into the game because we're afraid Maybe we're afraid of failure. Maybe we're afraid of what other people may think, whatever it may be. But she shows them that this study was done with a lot of different people that this was one of the common regrets. So, you know, have that courage. If you have an idea, go with it. If you want to write a book, write that book. You want to do it, sing a song, sing a song, whatever it may be. I think that's, you know, where she's going with it, that don't just sit on the sidelines and, and, and not participate in the game. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And on top of that, I think it's... Um, if, if, don't be afraid to go to someone and tell them how you feel. If you really enjoy them as a friend, make sure they know that you like them as a friend and that you want to, that that friendship is important to you. If you have beef with that friend, make sure that you're going to them and being honest and clearing that beef up instead of shying away from sharing those feelings, which leads me to the fourth one that Bonnie talked about. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Don't get so caught up in that rat race that you forget that your friends are out there. It's hard. It's really, really hard. But sometimes friends tend to be all you got, you know, and they're walking through the same things oftentimes that you are and can be a great resource for you. Well, and, and you know, friends do come and go depending on different stages of life. Sure. And that's perfectly normal as well. I mean, I have high school friends that I don't talk, but they're in different seasons. They do. So th that's fine. But I have other friends now that fulfill that void for me that, you know, you know, when I go out to, to Dallas that, uh, my boy Casey and I, we got to have some time together right now and get to talk all fun conspiracy theory types of stuff. But friends are important. It's important to have friends. Not only, you know, when I went through, you went through tough times, friends are family and friends are what got us through. 
uh, mm-hmm. both of us. So Most friendships are, are very important. And then the last trait or regret that Bonnie discovered is uh, many people said that they wished they had let themselves be happier. Um, life is hard. I mean, we're just, it is like that. There's no sugarcoating it. It can be difficult at times, but man, don't take yourself so serious. Take time to laugh, have fun, see enjoyment every single day. Some of us are so serious that yes, once again, we got to get stuff done. But I mean, here at Mentor, I think we do a good job of that, that we, we try to make laughter. We are dealing with a very serious subject with personal finance. A lot of people are struggling. We know that. But we try with this podcast to make it a little more fun and try to laugh a little bit about it. We still want you to take action, make the right choices, but not berate you into doing it. And, you know, if you mess up, you mess up. Let's laugh at ourselves and then move on. Yep, absolutely. I think um, today's world, so much of us, what we're doing is uh, causing stress and internal uh, dissonance. and, And we just get so pent up. And so I even have to remind myself, like, lower the shoulders, take a deep breath. Life's really not that hard. Things are good. You're very fortunate. Be happy. You know, Uh, can't hurt to uh, remind yourself every now and again. We discussed each of these in great detail back in episode 11. So I encourage you all to go back and listen to that if you've not done so already. And our last question comes from Frank, a huge New York Mets fan. Mm -hmm. He writes, why do you have to keep reminding me of Bobby Bonilla Day? (laughs) (laughs) We're so sorry, Frank, but to be fair, this contract could have benefited the Mets if their owners had not decided to invest with Bernie Madoff. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you don't know who that is, check him out on Netflix, a documentary on Bernie Madoff. Uh, And and Bobby Bonilla Day can be viewed as a holiday about finance and money. So this story of a baseball contract might contain the most important financial lesson we can teach, the power of compound interest. Yes. Wasn't it uh, Albert Einstein that said that that was the eighth wonder of the world? Mm. So if you find yourself wondering about it, definitely listen. So again, to answer your question, Frank, I'm sorry this contract didn't work out well for your beloved Mets, but it is a great financial lesson for us all. And since I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan, it's a win-win for me. (laughs) For sure. All right, Danny, that does it. Season three is officially in the books. I know, I know. Really looking forward to season four. Thank you for a great third season, and thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on all your favorite social media platforms. Catch us next season as we run with the Bulls. Run with the Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com. Dot com.